this is Kristen. And I'm Keontae. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to the Crafted Podcast. What's good, good people? Welcome back, welcome back. How are you guys doing out there today? Um, before we get started, man, I wanna I wanna say something. I wanna make a statement um, of sorts, you know. Um, we try not to be political on this podcast, you know, or really get into the politics and stuff, but um, I just want to address something that was said um, over the past weekend and, you know, kind of, you know, in some way defend the person that said what they said. Um, there was go. He always joking about something. No, no, no. I'm serious. I'm very serious right now. There was something said about Aubrey Graham, and I just want to say that whether you agree with him or not, the person who said this about Aubrey Graham, most deaf is one of the greatest lyricists to walk the planet Earth. So all this chatter about him being jealous of Drake or being washed or he just mad that he's not as good as Drake when it comes to rapping, let's just stop that. Because <laughs> we talking about we talking about most deaf here. We talking about black on both sides, the ecstatic, the new danger, most deaf. All right. Yeah, I have no idea what he's talking BK's about. BK's on. <laughs> okay, over the over the weekend, most deaf he had a which which he now actually goes by the name Yasin Bay. Um, he had an interview and some this young lady asked him, "Does he consider Drake hip hop?" Young lady, what are you? Seventy five years old? No, nah, I'm just I'm, hello, young lady. I'm a tender thirty three. You know, I'm just being respectful. That man is old, young I'm just lady. Being respectful. Stop it. But anyway, she asked him. She asked him. You know, do you consider Drake hip hop? And most Def just said he considers him more pop, you know? He was like, I consider Drake pop, you know? I consider him like, you know, if I'm shopping at a Target, you know, some Drake might come on. Dang, that's a diss. <laughs> you know? I mean, in a that's sense. That's a straight diss. No, in that's a, a diss. In a, in a sense, I it's mean. It's a diss. I, under, I understand what he was saying. But I understand what he was saying. It, it wasn't necessarily like a diss. It was... Like like when it comes to when it comes to the essence of what hip hop is, right? Not and, necessarily a diss is a diss. Well, it's it's not a diss, and I'm gonna tell you why. It's not a diss from his from his direction. And I'm gonna tell you why because when it comes to the foundation of actually what hip hop is, most Def has embodied that on every level. Not only is he a profound lyricist. Not only did he have solo success, like having songs on the chart with like Mrs. Fat Booty, this man was an actor as well. You know what I mean? So he was kind of one of the first, he was one of the first rappers to really find success in the foothold and all those things. But on top of that, he embodies the essence of hip hop, not only just from his conscious music. This man well, is a, you're all the way in your segment. Yeah, this right man, now. Well, no, this, no, this man, man is a humanitarian. This man the hit. Everything. That's what, head, that's what I was trying to, you, well, you got me here. I was just trying to, I no, was just I didn't trying get to say, but this, that's not, this is not even my segment. I just wanted to make that everybody's clear. Everybody's in control of themselves. I, I just didn't wanted get to no make what, that clear. I want to make it clear that everybody's in control of themselves. So he got but anyway, here. anyway, I will I will accept no back talk. I will accept no slander on Yasin Bay, FKA Most Death's name. He is one of the greatest lyricists to walk this planet Earth. And anyway. he dissed Drake. Yeah, okay, he dissed Drake. Okay, he has the right to do that. He is one of the pillars of hip hop of what we call hip hop, especially for me of what I've loved, grown to how I've grown to love hip hop. He is one of those focal points for me. So shout, oh, okay. out, shout out, shout out to Yasin Bay. 
Anywho. Sorry that you had to endure this music podcast, y'all. Listen, I don't know. Well, that's the, know. that was the I chatter. Don't that, I don't know what that was about. My you, husband You haven't hijacked. seen that? That's been kind of the chatter on the you social, know, the social network. Come networks. on now. You know me. Have I seen that? That was not a real question. I guarantee if you go on TikTok, right? If you get, if you log on TikTok right now, it'll probably be something popping up. Not on my, lines. not on my page. It'll pop up on your for your page. Oh, for maybe, you page. maybe. My for you page is all cooking um funny things jokes those oh, kind okay. of things oh so it's just built on what you like advice to watch, mental like health to yes got you got you well not nonsense dang okay well anywho <laughs> um how, how has your week been so far my week has been um my week has been eventful this week it was it started off productive and then mm-hmm. it's taken a dip because some unexpected happened for some reason the new battery in our car was inoperable and my car wouldn't start when i was trying to get from one school to another school and i'm if people know me i'm very plan oriented i like to plan my whole entire day out from like times and everything and so it knocked me off my plan and because it knocked me off my plan it knocked me off my plan for the entire week because mm-hmm. the things i had to do were you know were time sensitive and so my plan is knocked off for the week but good thing i always plan about a week in advance anyways so i'm still ahead but yeah so that was how my week went so far but you know at the end of the day god is good and I, you know, he created me to pat for time, so we're good on that, uh, on that arena. Okay. Yeah, that was, it was crazy what happened. Just like she said, I bought a brand new battery for our car, and our car, as you know, our car is, our car is fairly a brand new car, but I had to replace the battery, um, a couple weeks ago, and I don't know, I guess the battery was just a bad battery they sold me, but anyway, we got that resolved when we got a replacement battery for that, and... You know, now your now your plants can go forth with precision like you plan them to. Yes. <laughs> with the hiccup. Yeah. Um, well, how was your weekend? Can I tell you? Well, my weekend was, I mean, my week has been pretty good so far. <laughs> Listen, I don't have time for meaningless things such as how weeks have been. I got kids to raise. Not nah, just kidding. Um, I'm just kidding. Now, my week has been, honestly, not to get too deep and just to get quick. Like my week has Uh-oh. been a uh, my that week. That means has, he's gonna be long and deep. No, not not necessarily. I'm just gonna say my week has been like very introspective. Like even though we're in the new year, I think the beginning of the the beginning of this month, like for that first week, I really wasn't in like New Year mode. Like just thinking like, what am I, you know, gonna reflect on and change and get deep about? Like I thought about you know goals and things to change, but this week, man, I've just really been reflective, really reflective on like my parenting and being patient with our kids reflective on you know how i am as a husband and just reflective Ooh, reflect on family on that baby yes yeah so. <laughs> just kidding <laughs> but yeah that's 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 been about my week my week has been pretty straight you know pretty straight at work but yeah i've just been in deep reflection this okay week, so. good well. but yeah all right well let's go ahead and start our podcast um our first uh section that we're gonna get into is gonna be the random fact of the day all right and i'm gonna ask you a question how long do you think the longest okay if a person like was going underwater to hold their breath how long do you think the longest time was recorded for 
probably, well, I heard monks could, like, stop their heart and stuff and close their lungs and some weird stuff. So probably, like, 45 minutes. Mm, that's pretty generous. That's that's actually very generous. Dan, that's almost an hour. Yeah. <laughs> not 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 that long, but the world record goes to a Croatian man named Budimir Sabat. He actually held his breath for 24.7 minutes. That's wild. He's a mermaid. He is part fish. He lives in Atlantis cuz that's really <laughs> crazy. Um now do you know what the average what the average human can do? Like the- record it when it comes to holding their breath in time. The average human can probably do maybe about one minute. Okay, yeah. You, you right. That's right in the middle. So it says the average human can do from 30 seconds to 90 seconds. Okay. Now, me, I've had to hold my breath for about a minute and 40 seconds four times. She didn't get that joke. <laughs> And neither did they, I guarantee you. Nah, if, they, if everybody watched that Cat Williams interview, they're going to know what that's from. Nobody watched it. But anyway, I think that um, for me, one time, when do you remember when you timed me? Like, that used to be my favorite pass on when you go to the school, when we go to the pool in the summer. Yeah, I always and you get you about me. 27 seconds. I don't do no 27 seconds. The longest I've ever done it is about a minute and 40 seconds. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can, you, I can do it right now. You want to time me right now? Okay, we'll just say okay. (laughs) Anyway, come summer, I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna show you again what these lungs do. Yeah, y'all know he can fly too. Nah, I'm 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 from that I'm from that ilk too. I'm from that Aquaman tribe. Okay. All right, so let's go ahead and move right along. Let's go ahead and get into our let's get deep question of the day. And our let's get deep question says, "What are you extremely opinionated about?" I am extremely opinionated about everything. You don't have an opinion for everything. Most things. I I typically do have an opinion, even if it's a crazy opinion. I am typically very opinionated. But what do I have a strong opinion on? Yeah. What are you extremely... That says, what are you extremely opinionated about? So what is like something you could argue to the break of dawn about? Nothing, because I'm not arguing with nobody about anything, because um, it's just, I don't see the point. But if I had to choose something that I'm opinionated about, maybe like Jesus, I don't know. Like, I love Jesus. Good answer, good answer, good answer, like they do in Family <laughs> like, I Feud. I don't know. And obviously for you, it's music. Uh, I mean, it's music. I mean, but we all already know it's music. I mean, music, I can get very, I'm very opinionated about that. But I'll also just say uh, film. Like, I'm very opinionated about film. I know I'm a cinephile. Yeah, I am. We should count how many times he says cinephile. I am a top tier cinephile. Like, now, like, I'm really, I'm really in this, like, movie culture. Like, I'll be studying, like, the directors. I'll be looking up, like, scripts and screenplays. I'll be. I'll be, be studying, doing that, y'all. Yeah, I'll be on be these scripts and screenplays. Like, my favorite, you know, I got I got a top five favorite directors. You know what I mean? I got a top five favorite movie score uh, uh, composers. You know, I'm, I'm I'm deep in this culture. Wow, okay. In cinephile culture. Yeah, me, there's nothing I feel like that about except Jesus. But I'm probably not even going to debate you about Jesus. I used to do that, but I'm like, I'm not like, I just, I'm at the age where I feel like you're not going to convince anybody of anything. Especially on Facebook. 
or anybody, <laughs> even in real life. Like, people have their minds made up. No, I'm and just, so I'm just talking about it's the craziest thing when you see people literally. And I used to be one of I'm these people. I'm about to say, aren't you one of those people? This man literally I'm argues not, with people about sports, about oh, yeah, music, about anything online. Well, I'm not as bad as I used to be. I, I would go, no, I used to back in the day, I used to be going to the break of dawn with somebody on a Facebook post going back and forth as I'm gonna change their mind. Now, I only have a two response limit, and I, and I have to actually care about care about it and them responses be like six pages long y'all i be going on now i am long-winded you know how like on facebook it'll show you like oh this, this person commented on this all up and down my page i see Keontae commented on this and i click on it and it's this long oh, it, gives you, it gives you notifications if i just comment on somebody random absolutely thing? it does and i'm like what the huh. heck and so oftentimes i mine read it and i'm mine like why does it do that i'm like this man is <laughs> this man is crazy well i'm a part of a lot of facebook groups like i'm a part of a lot of movie groups i'm a part of a couple of uh, sports groups and sometimes be it'll heated. be random people and i'm like no he did not write this essay bro and i know people are like what? I like what I do like this sturdy little pot on Facebook, but I do it with the intention of knowing I'm not about to change nobody's mind or mo- for the most part. I don't know I'm about not. that, but I do like to get a good point across. <laughs> <laughs> we see. That's funny, yo. I didn't know it notifies you like that. Huh. Yep, it says. Yeah, to turn that off. You got to turn that notification off. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well. Let's get into our forever segment, which is our marriage segment. And mm-hmm. so this is this segment today is going to be on advice. And basically, what advice would you give your younger self? Why? And how did you learn that advice? So, mm, of course, good. I mean, you didn't know the topic prior. So I guess you, if you would like, I can start. Yeah, go ahead. So you, you don't have to, you, you know, start first. so you can get your engines revving. Mm-hmm. So I have a few pieces of advice. And um, number one is plant good seeds. Number two is don't ignore the warning signs. Number three is work on your marriage during the good times. And so number four is everything is not a big deal. And number five is learn how to be quiet and walk away. So those are five pieces of advice. Okay. Oh, so we're doing five? It doesn't have to be five. I just came up with five. It could oh, okay. be one. It could be two or three. Okay. But those are my pieces of advice. And, you know, I just think that those are something that is, those are things that are super important to have known. Something that I would have liked to have known um, as I was younger, mm-hmm. when I was 19 and fresh in the marriage thing, fresh in the marriage game. And so that is really why I really appreciate all that advice. And the first piece of advice of planting good seeds is, you know, like, Whatever you plant is going to grow. So if you plant weeds and you plant, you know, uh, mean things and being rude and not treating your partner with respect and all those kind of things, it's going to grow. And then my second piece of advice of don't ignore the warning signs, it's just like, you know, a lot of times people will see like a red blinking light in their marriage, like... Let's say your man is raising his voice at you. That's a red blinking light or calling you out of your name or anything like that. 
And people will just act like that doesn't exist. They'll kiss and make up and just won't even address the issue. And so when that little mole, that, uh, little molehill turns into a mountain what is is that how it goes a mountain into a molehill yeah so you know it starts off as a little tiny anthill and it turn and then it turns into a gigantic mountain when you keep ignoring the warning signs and so i think that's important um working on your marriage during the good times it's kind of like planting those good seeds in a way but i think oftentimes when your marriage is right you're not even focused on those things Mm -hmm. and then you're trying to play catch up later and i just think that that does not um it doesn't make sense you know you want to have a good foundation you want to keep pouring and planting those seeds even during the good times you know and then everything is not a big deal. I feel like when you first get married, everything is an issue to you. Like, oh, you definitely. know, you have to bring up everything. Everything has to be, you know, is huge to you. And it's just in marriage, really not everything is a big deal. It doesn't matter if they put the ketchup in the wrong spot. It doesn't matter if they throw their clothes on the floor. Literally just pick them up. It takes less breath to pick them up. It doesn't matter if they, you know they put their towel on the floor after they shower or whatever. And that bothers you. Like most things just don't matter. And so I just say, ignore the things that are not a big deal and learn to be quiet and walk away to me. Like that's something I really could have applied. Cause listen, I used to go blow for blow. Okay. Like you want to talk big. I'm going to talk big too. Like we could go head to head with the talking and all that good kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, like in the Bible, it says that um, a woman, a woman should have a gentle and quiet spirit. And at first I thought that's like the Bible just wants us to be quiet and blah, 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 blah. But I realized it takes a lot of strength to be able to just be quiet and walk away or, you know, just calm down. And at the end of the day, you really do get more with honey than you do with lemons. And Mm -hmm. so you know, when I am quiet or I just walk away, then it gives my husband an opportunity to reflect on the issue and what he needs to do to do better. And he will usually come back to me and be like, you know what, blah, 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 blah. And also when you're quiet and you walk away, then the issue doesn't necessarily become about you being disrespectful. The issue can stay the issue at the end of the day. And the other person could be disrespectful all on their own, you know? Yeah. And so those are some of the pieces of advice. How I got to that advice is really just through experience. Hell, I had to ignore, I didn't, I had done, I ignored the warning signs at points in my marriage. And then all of a sudden we have a big issue and I've planted negative seeds and I've been the person to, uh, be the loud mouth and be disrespectful and be trying to pick fights and all that kind of stuff. I've been the person to make a big deal out of everything and all of those things. I've been the person to just act happy during the good times and don't even plant or do anything. And so really all of this advice comes through experience. And so, I mean, maybe one day we could get into some of the, like the nitty gritty arguments and things and the pinnacle moments that that uh brought forth this advice essentially okay this stuff yeah okay is it my turn now yep okay so while you were talking i was just kind of think i was trying to think like okay what, what what's something i can really hone in on and i came with three so they're not they're not five like you but they're three and i'm gonna try to get through them 
very concise. We got to play at our own race, you know? Winston. It's okay. Um, Can't be like me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but my first one, the 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 biggest and most overarching theme for me. Wait, so I just say them and then I go into them, like the definitions of them. However, however you want to do it. It's okay. just you know you. It's just basically what is the advice? Why? And how did you learn the advice? And this is advice you would tell your younger self. Okay. So then my number one, the most overarching thing for me is just be honest. Um, and the, Woo! I'm just playing. <laughs> yeah. For me, that's a real big thing because, man, early on in my life, I really struggle with telling the truth and I really struggle with lying. Most of the time, just lying from for no apparent reason for things <laughs> that weren't even like liable. Yeah, big you know, big deal. Like I would go, you know, drive on my way home. I would probably stop and get me like a Oreo shake or something like that coming home. And then if I get home, my wife would be like, "Oh, what'd you do? Did you did you get you anything to eat?" And I'd be like, "No," you know. <laughs> But like, it, and it wasn't like even a you know reason to lie about that. But man, I just really struggled with that a lot as a kid. But what really brought me to that um, as a kid? I mean, as a as yeah, a young well, I mean, man. as a young man. Well, I was, I was thinking about saying what I would tell myself as a kid. Oh. Um, but yeah, I just really struggled with that, and really how I got to that point, or or the why you know behind it, is because I've come to learn, especially in my marriage that your marriage is going to be much easier when there's no secrets, when there's nothing that you got to hide and try to remember and cover up. Um, So often we just try to fight for this perfection type of look, or at least I did, especially being married at 19. Like I'm young, naive, my brain ain't fully developed. And um, I just thought like I had to be like this kind of shining character. And so... I would just, you know, tell little half-truths there, tell little half-truths here, um, <laughs> and, you know, try to make myself... Two half-truths make a whole truth. <laughs> Not two, <laughs> I guess, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but I would do that, A, to try to make myself look a little better, but then B, just to try to, like, have some control over, like, this marriage or this relationship. And really, that's not what a marriage is. A marriage is a union. A marriage is teamwork. And if I'm hiding secrets and hiding plays from my teammate, how are we ever going to go out on the court and make a good run and try to win this game together? Um, so, Period. No, I'm just playing. Yeah, so my number one is just being honest. Um, my number two is, and I'm, my titles are like kind of phrases, and it's don't lose your step by watching someone else's dance and really what that means is there's another phrase that's kind of the same means the same thing but it says comparison is the thief of joy and you know when it comes to like our marriages a lot of oftentimes like we just kind of evaluate our success based on someone else and then when we do that we'll never be satisfied with the results that we get or that we have. So we got to stop comparing our marriages to, you know, the ones that we see on Instagram or stop comparing. This goes not even just for marriage. Stop comparing our jobs to the person we see on Facebook who might have a job. Anytime we compare ourselves and our lives to somebody else's, it's always going to feel incomplete or inadequate. And so especially when it comes to marriage, 
you got to focus on what's in front of you. You know what I mean? And why I say if you if you're watching someone else's dance, if I'm not if I don't have my eyes focused on my mate, if I don't have my eyes focused on the wife that God put here just for me, I'm going to be stepping on her feet each and every time we try to do this, do this dance we call marriage. And I need to continue to keep my eyes not only focused on her, but focused behind her, focused on what's behind her. And what's really in front of me, and that's God, because that's the only person and that's the only thing that's going to continue to keep our rhythm in this dance of marriage. Um, as long as I continue to focus on him and if I'm looking in his direction, she's right in line sight for that. And that's me continuing to focus on her simultaneously. So that was poetic. Yeah, you, you know, yeah, you know, what I mean, I'm, I, I got away with words, you know, <laughs> Oh, I didn't say that. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so my number two is, um, 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 oh, man, I'm having a mind blank. <laughs> that was your number, your number three was next. No, 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 I was, was going to try to reiterate what I, what my number two was. Oh, but anyway. Dancing. It's, yeah, it's. Um, <laughs> dance, dance your anyway, life away. Anyway, y'all heard it. His number two is dance your life away. That's funny. Anyway, all right. Now, my number three, my final one, this kind of ties into the first one, but it's stop leaving out the part of the story where you messed up. Um, Oftentimes, man, in my, throughout this marriage, like, you know, me and you have been through things and I've tried to seek counsel or, you know, get advice from either older men or other men that are married. And I remember early on and even sometimes like, you know, you know sometimes, you know, even closer to now, like if me and you would get into it or something would happen, like some type of friction, I would low key like kind of leave out the part. Where like I messed up or I did something <laughs> wrong, and I know that I did something wrong, That's right? That's hilarious. And like, if you continue to do that, if you do things like that, you'll you're never gonna get the proper advice that you need. You're never gonna get the proper help that you need. You know what I mean? That's like you. That's like you going to a mechanic shop, right? Because your engine is rumbling. You know you haven't changed your oil for six months. But then you're going to go to the mechanic shop and say, man, this car is just rumbling. All this car has done is just give me problems here and there. All I'll try to do is be good to it. I put gas in it all the time. I wash it and blah, blah, blah. But you're leaving out the most main component that the mechanic needs to diagnose first. And that's the oil because you haven't put any oil in it. You know what I mean? And so in order to kind of guide the mechanic and, you know, for him to give you the proper advice or for him to do what he needs to do to help fix that car, that's pertinent information that he needs to know. And so when you're going to God, when you're going to your friend that you trust, that you can find in, who you can give advice or who you could, um, you know, talk to talk about your promise to and who can give you advice, you have to be honest and be truthful about your part in it, too. And it's a humbling factor. Like it's you coming to the grips as you coming to grips and knowing like, man, just as much as my wife is flawed and frustrates me, I'm flawed as well. Yeah, I mean, this is this is this is this is, you know, how God made us. And last point about that, it just even goes back to the beginning of the Bible in Genesis when when Adam and Eve were in that garden and Eve takes a bite of the fruit and gives Adam son give Adam some God comes back into the garden and he calls on Adam first. You know what I mean? Because he was supposed to be the head and that's who God is calling first. He's, he was supposed to be in charge. So he's like, Adam, where are you? 
And Adam, I immediately, oh, that the woman you put here, the woman you put here with me, oh, what not. Instead of just taking full responsibility in his part, and he tried to blame shift right then and right there. And that eventually let them get expelled out of the Garden of Eden. Yep. So, Scandalous. <laughs> yeah. So stop believing. So my number three, again, is stop believing out the part of the story where you messed up. Um, and just to sum it up, how I really came to all of those, same thing. It's really through experience. And I think it's interesting for us because, like I said, a lot of people don't know, we got married at the age of 19. We thought we just kind of knew everything. We thought that this was, you know, we just, oh, we got this. You know what I mean? This marriage thing, this is going to be a breeze. You know what I mean? We're 33 now. And by the grace of God, we've been able to stay together through all the trials and tribulations, the ups and downs for 14 years now. And, but that 14 years is just a wealth of experience, wealth of trial and error, and just really figuring out this thing called marriage. So, yep. Sounds good. Okay, that's good. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, that is the advice that we would have gave our younger selves. You know, if we um, would have been married, well, <laughs> we were married young, but if we would have <laughs> heard that advice, then maybe Before we would have took him, it. Yeah. But I don't know. People did try to give us some advice <laughs> and, we, and we just thought we knew it all. So, you know, I don't know if we would have really took heed to it, but, you know, perhaps yeah. we would have. I just think I just think that when you're 19, you just got you really got blinders on. Like, I don't think you can foresee all the trouble that starts to arise when you start spending each and every day with a person who was apart from you for 19 years before you got there. Yeah. Yeah. And And I just think, you know, it's funny because. I mean, we're about to segue into our Roots and Bloom section, which is our parenting section. So this kind of fits in a way. But I think it's funny because at every age, our kids always think they know everything. Like every year, you just think you know a little bit more, except, you know, when they're zero and they really know nothing. But at one, they think they know something and they think, oh, I could do this. I could be like a big kid. At two, you know, they start telling you no. They think they know what they're doing. At three, they really start talking back and thinking they know but you know right now our oldest is seven and she just really thinks she knows everything and so i just think at what age you know i guess we just have to realize like at no point do we know everything (laughs) and you know we always need to be open to advice and susceptible to advice and so anybody younger than 33 out there we don't know everything at this age, and you don't either. <laughs> yeah, that's real. But yeah. Okay, so getting on into our roots in bloom, we are going to be talking about pregnancy. You know, I feel like eh, mm-hmm. that's kind of child-oriented, parenting-oriented. But yeah, we're going to be talking about our experience with pregnancy and the things that we know now and just the experience with each pregnancy, I have some statistics for us and all of that. Okay. So let's start with asking you a question. How do you think pregnancy impacts a woman in like, you know, like five words or, or a couple sentences? It impacts her dearly. 
I mean, that's only that's a, I don't use that because you put God, a cap, you put a cap God, on the, you put a cap, you put a cap on the words I can use. <laughs> How many words I can use? Impacts her dearly. That's yeah. four words. Yeah, you said you said like five words. One more word. It impacts her dearly. T T U H. But yeah, so pregnancy obviously impacts our physicality, our emotionality. So we get nausea, we have fatigue, discomfort, mm-hmm. um, we have mood swings, anxiety occurs. And so there's a lot of things that happen um, in us. Specifically, it has to do with the hormonal shifts, the increased blood volume, and the fact that we are growing a baby and a whole new organ. You know we grow a placenta, so we're literally growing a new organ and a baby, you know? That just wasn't always there? No, it was not always there. Dang. And that's why you have to deliver the placenta because, you know, it can't stand there. And so pregnancy is just really emotionally and mentally taxing, physically taxing on a woman. And so in retrospect, because I'm going to give my opinion too, but in retrospect, do you think you handled um, pregnancy appropriately, my pregnancies appropriately? Mm, definitely not all of them and that's just 2020 <laughs> hindsight of course autumn which is our first baby our oldest since i was new here um i think i actually which which it's kind of funny because you would think for something for the first time you would handle it kind of bad as uh-huh. compared to you know the knowledge that you get but i think i handled that one the best um and that was just due to the fact though because us me becoming a me becoming a father like i just as soon as you tell me you was pregnant um well first i was shocked first i was like are you you sure are you serious <laughs> i was shocked first but just thinking on like me becoming a father i then started just thinking about like man i'm really about to be somebody's dad and then i was like but i have i gotta be the dad that i didn't have like, I, I got to give my baby, like, everything and just be this great father. And then in that, that just led me to try to be the greatest husband that I could to you while you were pregnant. Making sure you were comfortable. Making sure you got everything that you wanted. Playing music to your stomach with the, with the headphones. Come on, somebody. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> giving you foot massages and, and things of that nature. And your yeah. back and back massages. I was, you know, every pregnancy we were trying to read up and research on things. You was giving you you was buying the books. I was researching. I was looking up YouTube videos. I was doing it all. Yeah. You know? And then our our second pregnancy, not so much. <laughs> but you had a you had a different temperament. I had a different temperament too. We probably was we probably literally now I think about it cuz our first and our second is 14 months apart. We was probably still sleep deprived a little bit. And it just wasn't nice. And I wasn't as nice as I could be. Yeah. Now, Josie, our last, our, our COVID baby, I'm trying to think exactly how I treated you. I know I treated you good, but it wasn't, I don't think it was up to par or up to snuff as how I treated <laughs> you with Autumn. You know? Okay. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> I'm just cracking up. Yes. So I'm in agreement with your, um, with your tale of events. <laughs> mm-hmm. So with Autumn, like he said, it was great. It was just, you know, it was over the moon pregnancy. I felt really cared for. I felt loved. I felt, you know, like, wow, this is really great. I also was in a happy mood. Like when I was pregnant with her, 
I just had like a really great hormonal shift where my hormones made me happy essentially. I just was like, you know, just tickled pink and and excited to be a mother, you know? And with August, my temperament did change. I I immediately felt anxiety um not anxiety about having a child, but anxiety in general. Like it was just a a feeling of anxiety over me, like a like a gray cloud or something that was over me. Mm. And so I just felt that immediately. I was more worried during this pregnancy. Um, physically, I was okay. At the end, I was in a little bit of pain and things like that. Um, my husband was very supportive in my pregnancy and childbirth of, of autumn as well. And then during the pregnancy with August, we, we were had a lot more arguments and difficulties and things like that. And um, what else? You know, it was just a lot of, pre- it was just my temperament was, was off. My hormones were off. I was anxious a you lot of the like times. You didn't like Chick-fil-A. I didn't, food, I didn't like, <laughs> I didn't like most fast food. I didn't like Chick-fil-A. I didn't like most fast food. Like, I could taste the grease in fast food. It was like, you know, my temperament was just off. I got, I actually got into it with somebody at work. A couple people at work during that pregnancy, actually, like two people. But the first one was, the first one could have possibly been my fault, but she was a little rude to me. And usually I could overlook that, but I just was not overlooking anything during this pregnancy. Mm. And then the second person, the person was rude to me as well and like tried to make me get out of my chair and I was not having it at all. But yeah, so we got into it a lot. I even went into, I went into uh, labor arguing with Keontae. Mm. and so it was just a different pregnancy it wasn't the greatest i didn't feel like really loved or i mean it wasn't so bad like it wasn't like this man was <laughs> like uh, you know it, he wasn't crazy but he just wasn't attentive like my dad and my brother were very attentive to me during that pregnancy um in general but he wasn't really as attentive he you know he kind of checked out probably because um, you know, I wasn't the nicest. Also, I didn't like his smell. You know, you didn't it was like just my a lot. Smell, dang. You remember? Oh, wow. Really. <sighs> now I don't really, cause man, having these three kids, boy, they take your mind for a loop. Yeah, it does. I don't remember. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, man. Yeah, it does. And then with Josie, boy, I'd say at a time. I'd say Josie was a nice cross between the two. So we did have a little bit of both. We had mm-hmm. some of the the love and attentiveness of autumn but we also had some of the disagreements and um hormonal changes of august and And it was covid too yeah and it was covid so we were with each other 24 7 and so you know it was a little difficult but i knew once because i didn't i didn't take medication while i was pregnant with my children but after I had Josie, I knew I was like, oh, no, it's time to get back on some anxiety medication because I just knew that my hormones were just out of whack after that. And so, you know, I just think that um, men have a lot of the responsibility too. like husbands could really be supportive by being understanding, by attending the appointments, by helping with chores and household tasks by offering just emotional reassurance by going to get her her the cravings the cravings are serious people don't understand like it's like 
it feels like life and death almost like it's Mm -hmm. so serious and just you know communicating appropriately understanding that her emotionality is just not the same it's just not like I remember at one point telling Keontae, I'm so like I hate you so much, blah blah blah, and this is not my hormones talking. And then like it was totally my hormones talking because I got off the mm. phone and it, I cried like a baby, and I don't even cry, so that was you know a telltale sign. Mm. And so it was completely my hormones talking. But you know, men have to understand it's literally our hormones talking. That doesn't give us the right to. Um, to tramp all over a man, but you know, there's a way that you can communicate what you need to communicate in a loving way. And I just think women need an extra dose of understanding in that time. And so those are some things that are really important, but I also want to go over some, do you have anything else you want to say before I go over some statistics? Oh no. I mean, it was, that was pretty straightforward on the pregnancy. Boy, boy, we, boy, we had some time, didn't we? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Uh-oh. Your voice is changing. You must be getting tired. Let me hurry oh, up. No, my voice I'm fine. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just I'm just thinking about just whew, going through them pregnancies and I didn't even have to carry the baby, but boy, that was that was a taxing time. Yeah. Okay, so let's go through some statistics. So, number one, pregnancy is the longest duration, highest energy expenditure that a human can do. Did you get the the gist of that? Mm-hmm. So there's well, this, yeah, you growing a whole nother human. I would imagine, but it's the longest duration, highest For nine energy. Much, yeah. So, a study says that women meet the same peak levels of endurance as those competing in an Ironman. So the physical intensity of pregnancy is like running a 40-week marathon. Mm. So it's the same amount of energy as people who do six marathons a week. Isn't that intense? Yeah. Like I said, I I, I, I mean, it's not as surprising to me because really when you think of it on a scientific level, you're not only are you growing a you're not only are you expending energy literally growing another human but your body is also changing in that sense too so your stomach is getting bigger your feet get wider hormones are changing stuff is enlarging people's noses get bigger (laughs) yeah like so when your body is changing like that and you're gaining weight also and your body has to compensate with carrying the new extra added weight yeah that's that's yeah that's a lot to really think about yeah i just think in that case women deserve it all i'm sorry Mm -hmm. people these men they better step it up okay i have some more statistics for us so let's go into the grim statistics so one in six women are victims of domestic violence during pregnancy Mm -hmm. so if you know six couples one of them was a victim of domestic violence. And I know more than six couples while pregnant. And so that is, that's wild, you know? Mm -hmm. That's very, very wild. I was not a victim of domestic violence during pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Thank God. We did have an incident where we, where you got a little bit upset with me, but you did not 
hit me or anything. So I was not a victim of domestic violence. But that's crazy to think about, you know? Yeah, it's just really interesting to think about because I'm just like, I mean, in a sense, like when you're pregnant, you're, you are at your most vulnerable. But why? who is trying to hurt the person that's carrying their child? That's Let alone your spouse. Like, you were literally carrying the future, I don't know, that's just, I don't know, that's just a little wild. So, are you ready for some more? Yeah. Okay. Homicide is the leading cause of death for pregnant women in the United States. Women in the United States who are pregnant or have given birth are more likely to be murdered than to die from obstetric causes. Mm. I believe that too because... The more I talk to people and the more that the internet progresses and you really get to see how people be acting on the day-to-day, you begin to understand that, A, a lot of people don't know how to control their anger. They don't don't know men. how to control their... Yeah, a men. A lot of men. A lot of men don't know how to control their anger, don't know how to control their emotions. They just be acting crazy, for lack of a better word. Yeah. And when women are pregnant, of course, their their hormones are imbalanced. They might say some irrational stuff, might do some irrational stuff. Yeah. But it's up to you as the man to try to be as level-headed as possible, especially not going to lengths to getting mad and committing a murder or a homicide right. against That's your pregnant crazy. wife. Like, bruh, That's chill out. That's literally crazy. And then, so... Aside from that, 32 per 100,000 women are going to die during birth. So, you know, it's kind of so, sad. Wait, 32 of 100,000? Uh, per 100,000 births. Oh. Are going to die. Mm. The women are going to die. And then the estimated rate for postpartum depression is six and a half to 20 percent so they have a range because a lot of people don't report it or don't even know they have postpartum depression and so you know inadequate prenatal care inadequate uh support from a spouse um having to go back to work early because you know in a in the u.s you only get six to eight weeks and then if you've been at your job for a year and it has 50 or more employees you get the extra 12 weeks but still, that's only four months. And so, you know, you, you only get four months with your baby max. And then you have a partner who doesn't understand that you're going through these hormonal changes. And it's not like when you drop the baby, when you have the baby, that all of a sudden the hormones disappear. But if you're breastfeeding, the hormones are still there. And so people don't understand that you're also sleep deprived. And then you have, you know, you just feel like you have the weight of the world on your shoulders. And so the rates for postpartum are increasing. And that some of that is um, on the man's shoulders, basically, that Mm -hmm. they don't have the support from their husband or their, you know, significant other. And so, you know, it's just something for people to think about Um, women before you go out there getting pregnant, wives, before you go out there getting pregnant, it's really important to discuss your expectations, to know who you're marrying, to know who you're getting with. Men, listen, the pregnancy is only nine months, and then, you know, wait till she's done nursing. And then, you know, really, you should just be kind to your wife at all times. Like, God says to love your wife like, like, like Christ loved the church. And so if you really think about that, then, you know, just be kind to her at the end of the day. Just really, truly be kind to her. 
And then women understand these men are learning too. They're learning. And so, but don't be afraid to correct. And if you think somebody is cuckoo crazy about to put their hands on you, you better go back home to your mama and daddy. I'm just saying. No, that's real. Because that's, that's crazy. Yeah. So, anyways, that is Roots and Bloom for today. I kind of wanted to mix it up a little bit. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and get into our um Ooh, he excited y'all he getting up he's well, sitting up eyes open wide he well no ready. max i mean actually to be quite honest the lifestyle section the lifestyle topic that i have today you know normally we i do something fun like music sports something movies fun. <laughs> uh you know something like that oh, but today disneyland no no today i actually want to get into something serious it still has to do with like popular culture um but it's a more serious topic um and I'm actually going to be talking about like another actual podcast or, or some some information that was revealed in another podcast. Okay. Um, just recently, Angela Rye, Tiffany Cross, and Andrew Gillum. Um, Ooh, they all. I've never heard of them. Okay. <laughs> I knew you was going to say that too, but I'll explain who they are for people that people that might be like you that don't know. But all three of these people, they just started the a podcast called uh, the Native Land Podcast. Now, Angela Rye. Um, if you guys have watched CNN in the past, like, especially like, I don't know, from 2018 to about 2020 or 2021, you've seen Angela, you've probably seen Angela Rye on CNN. She was a political pundit. Um, she would come on for segments and talk about certain topics, um, uh, in the political realm. She's a light skinned lady, um, black woman and, um, yeah, I'm sure you've seen her, you know, a couple of places. Uh, but she started a podcast with Tiffany Cross, who also was a well, Tiffany Cross is a political pundit, but she also had her own show at one point in time on MSNBC, which I ended up getting canceled um, after. Well, not canceled, but I guess it's still canceled. They didn't renew her contract. And it was after she kind of called out the NFL. Um, this was this was in 2022, so this was actually a couple years ago. But she had called it the NFL when it came to Tua Tonglevia, um, who's a quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Um, he had kept getting concussions, but like he would be coming back into games that seemed a little bit too quick. And I don't know if you guys remember, there was a clip of him. He had got hit and fell on the ground. And the camera zoomed into him, and oh, the like when they were staggering, yeah, his hands were just stuck. His hands were like stuck in the air, and like they were moving like in a as if he was like typing a keyboard in the air or something, pretty much. That's crazy. And the coach had to come and like grab his hands to hold him. But anyway, um, Tiffany Crosshead just kind of went on a rant, just talking about like how um, the different the disparity between um, you know like white quarterbacks and quarterbacks of color, how they get treated with with concussion protocol and that you know black bodies are not being protected versus other bodies in the nfl <laughs> so anyway they they went they said we're not gonna renew your contract after she didn't went on a whole rant about that and Dang. then and then we have andrew gillum who uh, andrew gillum is just that's just a that's just an interesting story there andrew gillum if you're in the political if you like pay attention to political stuff that is going on about four or five years ago andrew gillen was actually running to be the governor of um of florida at one point in time 
and um he looked like he had like a he was a fresh young face uh african-american guy and he he was just becoming like this darling in florida which is typically a red state he was running as a democrat and you know it looked like he was low-key about to be like the next barack in a sense um but man he something just ended up happening after he ended up losing he, and he didn't lose he lost by a very close margin um after he lost that governor's race yo his life just took a turn i'm not gonna really get too deep into it because i'm not talking about him or tiffany cross really okay. i want to focus on angela rye but you guys can look them up but anyway what i want to get into angela rye is because like i said she was a, a, a political pundit on CNN, but after like 2021, 2020, she she wasn't on there anymore. She Her contract didn't get renewed as well, but it was more so kind of like a hush-hush thing. And a lot of people just didn't know why she wasn't on CNN anymore. She, okay. ended up, she ended up starting her own podcast after that. Um, she had just you know begun to do a bunch of other different things. Shout out to her because actually, actually right now she's dating Jalen Rose, who is a you know a Indiana Pacers legend. That's my favorite basketball team, Indiana Pacers. Um, L.A. Lakers. Woo woo. But anyway, on the native on on the first episode of their new podcast, um, for the first three episodes, is revealed that they're pretty much going to get into the backstories of like what happened so what happened with her leaving cnn tiffany crosses i think is going to be this week is what's you know what happened to the behind the scenes of what happened to her show getting canceled and then andrew gillum's story but for angela rye's story which was news to me um she ended up leaving cnn because of like some sexual misconduct type type of you know workplace harassment that was going on um and she she had ended up posting a picture of herself like on the beach in a bikini on her Instagram, mm-hmm. and one of her co-hosts or one of the one of the main hosts of a show that she would always be you know come on and be a pundit on was hosted by Andrew Como, um, or Chris Como. That was it that's the name Andrew Como or Chris Como, the one of the Comos that was on CNN. But anyway, this man. He had like text her out of nowhere and like like I said, she posted a picture on her own on Instagram. She in her bikini. It wasn't like too like it was just a regular like bikini picture. But you could tell like she posted that picture and was feeling herself. You know what I mean? Okay, and like a regular know, woman. Yeah, this man and text her like <laughs> and this was just such a corny thing to say. I was just like, bro, what is that? He would he had texted her a message and then ended the message with he called her tinsel crotch. What? And it was because the type of bikini she was wearing, it was like a you've ever seen like the like the sheer, like kind of like cowboy um oh, things yeah, that they yeah, yeah. So she had like one of them sheer Those type tassels. of Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of them things on her bikini, but he called her tinsel crotch. And then she was just saying, like, you know, when he texts that, like, she kind of just it kind of took her back for a minute, like what? What a weirdo! Like, yeah, like what is this? Like first off, like first off, we supposed to be colleagues, number one, and you know, number two. But anyway, so that happened, and then Chris Como, he actually get he actually got into some other like sexual harassment type stuff. Stuff. Another lady that worked at CNN actually came forward and accused him some of some of some sexual misconduct or like some harassment type stuff too, and um. He, that that's what really got him out of there so he's no longer part of cnn but this new information that angela rye has given us of what of what happened between him and her um this was new 
And really what I want to ask you is because while she was giving her story, just talking about him calling her tinsel crotch and like, (laughs) then she kind of just started kind of thinking about other interactions that she's had with him and like him kind of being like, you know, just inappropriate or making inappropriate comments. And you could tell it was really getting to her because while she was explaining this stuff, like she started crying, like she was crying, trying to get through just explaining this story to her. And I was going, <laughs> and I was going in the comments on like on the podcast, and it was people like, "Oh, I don't think it was that big of a deal. This don't sound too serious. I've heard, I've heard men get at women far more worse than that. Did he, girl, did he touch you? Did he try to force himself on you? This wasn't that serious, right? Uh-huh. And it just boggles my mind because not only was it men, the majority of it was men, which is just stupid." But it was some women that was, you know, just that was saying stuff like that yeah, to her. And so really, I want to ask you, like, what do you think about that? Like, do you think that in any instance, if a man is being inappropriate or making you feel uncomfortable, just because in the eyes of somebody else, it might seem like something that is just not that bad or not too much, that that has validity to it? Or does your feelings and how you feel is that the is that the validity that you that's the only validity that you need? Now, I'm just a different person, so I probably shouldn't be part of this conversation because I'm not gonna be offended at anything anybody says because like I'm just gonna say something back. I would have been like pencil, you know. Mm-hmm. That's what I would have called him. But she's also but, trying. But she. But also she was. Oh, I'm sorry, not to cut you off, but to, but to give you a little bit more backstory. He was also kind of looked at as, even though she, like, she was a, she was under CNN contract, so he was low-key kind of looked at as her superior, like, as a superior, since he was a main on the show oh, man. and stuff like I that. Oh, man, And she was trying to just, like, all her stuff, like, he said that, and she was like, I kind of just disregarded and got back to, like, business, like, trying to be professional. Kind of just like brushing it off. Uh, Sis, record them and get your coin, sis. <laughs> Don't play. So, but anyway, but she... I okay, but oh, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. So at the end of the day, you know, people's experiences are their own, and so nobody should discount what you have to say. Mm-hmm. Do I think there's worse things in the world that happen? Yes. However, her temperament, everybody has different temperament. Like, you know, some people can't handle that kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. some people, they really get offended. Their feelings get hurt. They want to cry. You know, it's like the people that get caught the N-word and they cry. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, there are certain people that do that. And some people be like, okay, like, yeah, I'm going to be that N-word at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, she just obviously has the temperament where her feelings get hurt. And she's just taken aback and she feels stuck between a rock and a hard place. And so I understand where she's coming from. No, I don't think people should get in the comments and start discounting her experience. That's weird. Mm-hmm. And it's weird. He's weird as heck. Like, what? What is wrong with you, sir? Like, don't be freaking weird. I would have told him, like, you freaking weirdo. Get off from under my picture, you freaking sicko. I don't know. Well, it wasn't even, yeah, it wasn't even under her picture. And here's the thing I about it. I would have texted him, told him, yeah, like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. He, te- he texted her. So they were, she, she, they were having having a text conversation about a sh- about a segment that they were going to sh- film the next day for CNN and like out of nowhere he had dropped that just on there like <laughs> and the thing about it is it's like bro first off he he knew that, that he knew that, that was cuz cuz then down the line he also tried to tell her like 
like when I guess when she tried to like low key bring it up, he tried to like kind of like gaslight her and said like, "Oh well, you know, you posted it on you posted that pic on Instagram. That's on social media. So I mean, that's just kind of fair game." No, eh. I mean, eh. he has a point. But yeah, don't but, be weird. But yeah, don't yeah. be a weirdo, bro. Yeah, but like, here's, be for real. But here's the thing: whether it, I don't care, it's her Instagram and it's her body. She could post a titty picture if she wanted to. Oh my god! We're talking about titties now. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but that's her prerogative. Not that titty. It's not. It's not like she posted that picture and then the caption said, "Please, anybody, go ahead and text me any scathing thing that you want to say." Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> It's her prerogative. She's wearing, even if she's out on the beach wearing that bikini, that doesn't give you the pass to just come up there and just say something like unwarranted. And then on top of that, bruh, there's two things. Number one, he already, he was married. He had a wife. So mm-hmm. what is you even texting her something like that in the first place for? In, <laughs> yeah, I mean, anyway. And then number two, you, he knew that that was, he knew that it was crazy because. If he saw that, he ain't post that under the caption where the whole world could see his response. Is this guy, he went and texted. is he inside palm color or outside palm he color? He inside palm color. Oh, okay. Matter of fact, and the crazy thing is, and like I said. she is outside palm color. Yeah, she's outside palm color. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, and, and, and really it impacted, what, what she was really explaining on the podcast, it really impacted her hard because, you know, A, like, she wants, like, especially being a black woman in that arena, especially on CNN, she wants to be looked at as a woman of her, of her intellect. You know what I mean? What she brings to a show. You know what I mean? She doesn't, oftentimes, black women are just kind of deduced to the, you know, are they just kind of sideline or deduced to, you know, the sex appeal or, or things of that nature. Well, and a that's bikini not, picture is sex appeal. Yeah, but it had nothing to, but the, her bikini picture on Instagram had nothing to do with their show on CNN. I don't it know. Was, it was left field. That's like, that's like. It, it doesn't have anything to do with their show, but I could see how it can be correlated. But then again, he shouldn't be saying anything because it's just weird. That's like, that's what I'm saying. The, 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 the same thing would be like, for instance, me and you go on a vacation and you post a picture of us on the beach or, you know, we got, we got pictures of us in Hawaii and you in your bikini and you going to work tomorrow and you talking to your principal about a kid that you got to assess and they call you <laughs> big titty Kristen because oh girl i seen that picture of your your hawaii trip i'd be like, like girl, that's i'd be like girl did you like them yeah but you know that's what I mean? me though that's my personality yeah but i'm saying did but, you like what you saw but yeah but I, that's what i'm saying like that but that had nothing to do with anything like it has no place for that and it's just like what are you even I, why are you bring this into the conversation i had you? a i had a co-worker tell me when i was uh uh pumping he said do you want me to come in there and help you like you Man, know, like he's lucky I wasn't around too, cause I would have. Uh, and so, boop. you know, it, unfortunately, this is the culture we live in. You know, the misogynistic culture. Men suck and they're gross for and, the most part. And that's what and that's really what I wanted to get to in the heart of this. And I'm about to we're gonna wrap this up uh-huh. soon. But really, that's really the heart that I want to get to because, like I said, it was really. You know, even for me, because I'm a big fan of Angela Rye. Actually, if you caught us a few episodes ago, really in our first episodes, we went through like our celebrity crushes. Angela Rye was on my list for my celebrity crushes. But it's more so disheartening because like the men that were on there, like, girl, it ain't even that bad. And it's just like us as men, we don't have like women literally 
have to think about things like if I'm going to my car at night, I got to hold my keys in between my fists just in case somebody try to jump out and get me. A man. You know what I mean? Like men don't have to think about stuff like that. Women have to think about stuff that we don't have to think about on a daily basis when it comes to their bodies, when it comes to them being taken advantage of, when it comes to them being devalued. We as men don't really have to think of that that much. And so it's just disheartening to hear somebody say, oh, what he said wasn't even that bad. Like it wasn't that bad. Would you want that? Would you want that same type of, you know, feeling or same type of communication going through if it was your daughter or if that was your mom? Like somebody's getting my mom like that. And like, you know, what I mean, like I'm gonna feel some type of way about that. And so really it boils down to this is my message to the men out there. Like, man, like do better. And oftentimes we have friends. Better. Yeah, because oftentimes we have friends or we know dudes that are trash. You know what I mean? We know they trash. And instead of like holding them accountable, we just kind of just let them continue to be trash and be friends, still be cool with them. And then just, you know, mention about how trash they are in passing. Like, nah, calling people out, like holding people accountable. And it's interesting, like I said, at the end of the day that Angela Wright had to go through this and come to find out he wasn't the only person. She wasn't the only person that he was getting inappropriate with. It was other women. There was one, the, the main incident which got him off of CNN, this man invited, had a woman come into his office on CNN property, closed the door and tried to physically assault, sexually assault the lady. Wow. And that's what got him out of there. So he was trashed from the jump. And get this, his brother, another Cuomo, was was uh the mayor of New York. He had to he had to resign from his position because Is guess all what? Related? Yeah, because guess what? He oh, was so into some family, sexual misconduct it's a family too. Culture. You know what I mean? Yuck. And that's what I mean. So like, don't marry nobody with the last name Como, it sounds like. <laughs> and so that's what I mean. Like, it, it shouldn't have to take women standing up and saying what these men are doing wrong for them to get ousted. I'm sure most men that were their friends knew that these dudes was trash. And it's up to us to be the first line of defense to protect women out here and to stand up for women, to show them that we value them for holding these dudes accountable. Fight for our women rights, baby. Fight for them. Um, but yeah, man, I, I just really wanted to go on that rant because yeah, I, I was just listening to her podcast, which it was a great podcast. I encourage you guys to check out their podcast. It's called the Native Land Podcast. Um, they talk about a lot of different topics, but I just thought that, that it was just so disheartening to me just to see how many people was just like, ah, oh, girl's not that big of a deal and blah, blah, blah. Like that's her experience. And she felt violated. She felt it was unprofessional she felt attacked she felt harassed and we can't we can't tell somebody how to feel um when it comes to you know something that's happened to them we can't tell a person how to feel only thing we can do is look at what happened and be there for that person and hold the people that are in the wrong accountable Yep. Um, but thank you guys for coming to my TED Talk. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I mean, that's the closing of our podcast. As always, we just thank you guys for tuning in with us um, day in and day out. We know that there's a million other podcasts out there, but you're here with us and we don't want to take that for granted. We appreciate you. We appreciate every listen. We appreciate every share. 
Um, we just thank you guys for tuning in with us. Please, if you can, check our description um, at the bottom of this podcast. You can leave us a comment. Please rate us five stars. If there's a topic that you maybe want to hear us talk about or discuss, whether it be marriage, um, something on parenting, we have a resident school psychologist here. She can tell you the ins and outs of how these kids be thinking and and give you some great tips if you need it. Um whether it's pop culture influence whatever the case may be just go ahead and leave us a comment leave us some suggestions just tell us how we're doing this podcast or how we can improve it um so again man we just say thank you we hope you guys have a great rest of the week a great rest of this year this 2024 and as always god bless